The Drinking Hour on Food FM. You're listening to The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in association with the International Wine and Spirit Competition, using the best in the world to judge the best in the world. Hello and welcome to The Drinking Hour here on Food FM with me, David Kermode, and it's episode 50. So to celebrate, we're off to Barcelona for a slice of its vermouth culture. We'll talk to Alex Vigili, co-founder of El Bandara, to find out how he and his brothers are reinventing Spanish vermouth, or vermouth, as they say there. Plus, later, as always, a selection of hand-picked medal winners from the IWSC Hall of Fame. The Drinking Hour on Food FM. Barcelona is the city that never sleeps. From its beaches to its bars, there's an energy that is properly infectious. For drinkers, there's a culture that includes cava, of course, some amazing still wines. Uh, There's beer too. Uh, But first and foremost, vermouth, firmly back in fashion, thanks in large part to cocktail culture. Vermouth, as they say in Spain, is breaking new boundaries around the world. El Bandara is a relatively new kid on the block, created in 2014 by Alex Virgili, his twin brother Albert and their older brother Jordi. Together, they are reinventing the category, whilst also respecting the winemaking ways of their grandparents, who sold vermouth by the barrel. Alex joins us now from Barcelona. Um, Alex, welcome to The Drinking Hour. Hola. Thank you. Thank you so much. Welcome. And it's uh, lovely to just get a sense of being in Barcelona as well and uh, that uh, wonderful sunshine at uh, this time of the year. Um, Before we talk about um, El El Bandara, um, tell us a little bit about you, about your background. As I mentioned there, you're one of three brothers, all involved in different ways in El Bandara. And you all kind of have wine running in your veins, don't you? Yeah, so uh, we we were born in a family-owned winery, and but the business was completely different. Uh, the shape of the business and the core business uh, that we have right, uh, nowadays. So basically, it was a bulk wine uh, winery, uh, and my my parents and my grandparents they used to sell bulk wine in barrels to uh, little bodegas uh, in Barcelona and all over Catalonia. And um, so there was no branding, uh, but then uh, what, during the 60s, uh, they start uh, selling also vermouth and it was a, there was a, 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 like a huge consumption uh, during those years, you know, during the, the 60s, 70s. And, um, and that, that's when the, the, the story starts, you know, the, 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 the liquid of the vermouth um, in, in this, uh, uh, yeah, during this stage, and and well, talking about uh, you're asking about me and my twin brother Albert, we are uh, 32 year old right now. Well, basically, uh, we I will say that he's the software and I'm the hardware. Uh, so Albert is a very very creative person, and and I'm more I, I try to I, I I I always move forward, you know, and I try to make things happen so yeah we are a great team and then my older brother Jordi he he looks after the, the family-owned company the, the winery uh, which still has part of the business of the park 
but uh, yeah, we, we decided because the, the, the business was not doing well uh, like uh, 10 years ago. And, and that was when we started creating, you know, our own brands and products. People listening might wonder why you kind of decided to break out and do something slightly different. But um, it's worth uh, reflecting on the fact that uh, you mentioned their bulk wine. Uh, so wine produced in in large quantities. And actually, if you look at uh, how Spain has changed, um, they actually in Spain, you actually drink a lot less wine than you used to maybe 30, 40 years ago, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. that there's a huge beer lobby in Spain. Beer has done it very well from the last years, and and, and it's uh, it happened. Yeah, uh, like 20, 30, Well, I would say yeah, thirty years ago in the fiestas mayors and all the fiestas in all over Spain, there wasn't beer. There was wine, you know. <laughs> Uh, in Porron, you know, drinking the, the wine consumption was was uh, more than three times what we have right now, you know. So and that's that's the reality. And and somehow it happened with Vermouth. Vermouth was uh, there was a huge consumption. Then during the nineties and starting of uh, yeah two thousand, uh, there was like twenty years that uh, the trend of Vermouth disappeared, and it came back. I would say in 2014 uh yeah and that when 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 Elvandana was born i uh, adore going to those um historic um vermouth bars um in barcelona um right down um that uh, that that coastline really um whenever i'm there i'll always try to find a, a vermouth bar and and have the vermouth from the barrel and and there's normally some some great um, you know, uh, tapas like uh, sort of plates of beans or different types of sausage and all that kind of thing. Um, culturally, um, it has uh, this really incredibly rich tradition uh, where you are, doesn't it? It's uh, it's something that our grandparents used to do, you know, and uh, the 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 momentum, you know, this moment of consumption uh, that is maybe during the weekend. Um, from noon up to 3 p.m. Uh, and it's a moment of sociabilization. Uh, you, you share some tapas with friends and family and um, we drink vermouth. Yeah, we, we always like, uh, we call our friends like, guys, let's meet and let's make, let's make the vermouth. Vamos a hacer el, el vermouth. There's, in fact, there's la hora del vermouth. La hora del vermouth, like the vermouth hour, is this moment, this little like uh, three, four hours, people drink vermouth. That's uh, wonderful. La hora de vermouth, of course, it translates literally as the hour of vermouth. It's quite a lot longer than an hour normally from my experience of Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's between, yeah, people meet. Uh, it, it can last mm, like three, four hours. That's so people like meet uh, at, uh, yeah, 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 like uh, 11 a.m. 12, uh, and then uh, it can last, you know, until 3 p.m. And then, when, then that's when we you go to have lunch <laughs> in Spain, you know. It's wonderful. Uh, you're uh, making me crave it now. Um, so you, going back to the kind of family story, um, you got to a point in 2014 where you and your brothers felt 
that you needed to do something a bit different uh, with the family business, um, recharge it, reinvent it. Um, why did you decide at that point in time when Vermouth had been up to that point in decline, why did you decide uh, to go into that category? So basically, um, there was a moment when um, there was two brands in Barcelona, called, one brand called Morrofi and Casa Mariol, uh, two brands that started uh, a bit earlier than us. And it was basically uh, first time we saw um, there was a, a small bar called Morrofi and we saw like a group of wild hipsters drinking vermouth and uh, some friends of us and and we 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 taste you know the, we, we we realized how great it is and um and we said wow this is there, there's this is something unique you know and and then what at that moment we we asked our father like do we i mean does the winery sell, i mean the winery sells vermouth right and he said like are, are you idiots he said uh oh, my my dad to us like we we've been selling vermouth for over 40 years you know in in barrels you know in bulk wine so basically uh that moment we we said okay well we, we taste it and we love it the, the vermouth that uh which is the same recipe that my bar my grandparents uh when my grandparents started and and we said okay let's uh i mean we have the liquid uh let's make uh, a cool packaging and and the most important thing is the, the energy of the brand you know we we are uh, young people and with young soul you know and we think that uh you know el, el bandara and, and the vermouth it's it's all about let's have fun you know and let's enjoy and share, you know, share uh, good vibes with friends and also uh, sharing some food, tapas, you know, like bravas, well, different tapas, you know. So, um, and that was in September 2014 when we said, okay, uh, we, we launched Bandara. Uh, we bottled the first batch, <laughs> uh, just Alberta and me, straight from the, the tank to the bottle. At that moment, because apart from this, as you were mentioned, you mentioned this, the historical bodegas. Uh, at that moment, apart from that bodegas, there there wasn't vermouth uh, bars. Uh, how we call it, vermuterias uh, in Spain. Vermuterias. Uh, now there are thousands, I would say hundreds of vermuterias all over Spain. You know, like bars specialized in vermouth. Uh, but six years ago, there there wasn't. You know. Um, and and the trend, uh, I can I can say that the trend started yeah in 2014, and basically mm, we haven't invented anything. It's like it's something that our grandparents they used to drink. It's great, you know. And basically, El Bandarra as a brand, what we've been doing uh, from the last years is uh, trying to connect, you know, with this new consumer. Uh, with, mille with millennials, and and it's it has become a trend, you know, in Spain. And now people, it's it's very common, you know, to meet with friends and uh, at La Hora del Vermouth and and sharing, you know, good bite and and, and, and this uh, amazing liquid. It's wonderful because what you're doing is just highlighting a, a rich tradition, re-energizing it, admittedly with with different branding, with a new look, uh, but. Uh, 
time and again, I talk to people in the drinks business who aren't actually creating something new. Um, they're actually kind of highlighting what their their grandparents did. Uh, they're looking to uh, to bring a new dynamic, a new uh, level of attention um, to a rich tradition. And that's really what you're doing there, isn't it? Yes. I mean, uh, and and also it's it's something that uh, it, it, once you listen to the grannies, you know, the grannies and, uh, and also, you know, other other people that they, their lifestyle is is great you know it's like they know they really know how to enjoy life you know and uh sitting you know in a, in a terrace with the sun uh and you know relax uh with some friends taking a sip of uh, vermouth um it's it's that's that's um luxury right now you know it's like something that uh very simple very authentic and of course that's the, it has all the ingredients to to become become a, a successful story you know this uh, uh the, the the aperitif moment uh how how we understand it in barcelona you know and all over spain it certainly does um for those who enjoy vermouth or the moot, as you would say, um, but don't actually understand quite uh, what it is. Um, could you just explain mm -hmm. uh, to um, you know, the layman, as we would say here, um, what makes a vermouth? Yeah, so basically, uh, uh, vermouth is a fortified wine. Okay, it's an aperitif, wine-based. Uh, so um, I'm going to talk about the vermouth rojo, okay, which is the ninety. 5% of our sales in Spain. And uh, vermouth uh, rojo, the, the, like the, the red one, uh, it's made with white wine. So we, uh, in our case, we use uh, two grapes, uh, indigenous grapes, which are the, the most planted grapes in our region, which is called Penedès region, which is a wine region close to Barcelona. And it's, uh, the grapes are Macabeo and Charello, two indigenous grapes. So basically we, we make the wine, the white wine, which is slightly fruity uh, and dry white wine. And then we make a maceration with different botanicals. Um, and one, one is it's key, is the wormwood. And wormwood, which is uh, in, in German, it's called Vermut. Okay, this uh, root that has skinning uh, that gives the bitterness. Okay, so we use also what well, different other botanicals um, uh, such as bitter orange, clove, cinnamon, and um, so we start the maceration. Then we add a bit of alcohol, so uh, um, in order to achieve the fifteen percent alcohol and. Uh, after the maceration, we uh, this is the traditional way to do to make the vermouth rojo, the red vermouth. Uh, we add um, caramel, and the caramel gives gives the touch of sweetness and the color. This is it. I mean, when you are drinking vermouth, uh, it's a, we call it fortified wine because we add some alcohol, but basically it's white wine, you know, with uh, different herbs and botanicals. Um, and then we also have at the winery, 
500 liter barrels, old barrels, which uh, how we call it the elixir, uh, vermouth elixir, which is really old vermouth that we make a solera system. Okay, we make solera system, which is basically we have old vermouth that we keep refreshing. And in all, in each batch of uh, bottles of Bandarra, uh, we also we always add uh, mm, around 1% of this uh, old vermouth, you know, in order to homogenize with, uh, with uh, El Bandarra. And this is the, how, the way how my grandparents used to, to make it. And it's delicious. It certainly is. Um, I've tasted uh, all three of the El Bandarra. Uh, products and um, uh, the the rojo is is absolutely delicious and um, it looks uh, deep red um, a kind of brownie red um, so that that color is that yeah. just coming from the addition of caramel then uh, well it mostly but also uh, uh, with the maceration with the herbs uh, also gives this uh, deeper deeper color and it's this is the one. Um, that is very much, uh, you mentioned the Solera system, um, which um, uh, they use in, in sherry, of course, and is, is basically, a, a, mm -hmm. in simple terms, a, a stack of barrels where you're kind of starting, if you imagine you're starting uh, from the, the newest wines at the top and the oldest at the bottom, and you're, you're basically topping up um, the, the barrels, but you're getting um, an aged product. Um, uh, th that's a very simple definition of a of a Solera. It's the one that I use when I'm I'm talking to people about about sherry. But um, how important is that Solera system and those aged wines um, to um, the taste of, of El Bandara? So um, I think it's uh, it's um, for El Bandara. It's it's the way how we've been doing. You know. Um, but uh, again, it's, I mean, we use, uh, that's why we call it Elixir, like it's, we use only uh, 1%, you know, uh, uh, for, for each uh, batch. It's, it's giving the touch, you know, of, um, of this uh, uh, Reserva remote. but we are not looking for um, uh, really complex vermouth. Uh, um, so, Basically, El Bandara, what we are really looking forward, and, and it's, it's, it's how, how the liquid must be, it's really easy to drink, you know, and, uh, but not, uh, what we always look for, it's uh, like um, having this touch of fruitness, but uh, with a really balance between sweetness and bitterness, and, um, and, not having uh, too much sweet vermouth. I mean, of course, it's, I mean, this is sweet vermouth because if you compare to the French or Italian style of vermouth, uh, uh, they are more bitter. Well, people, people also are bitter, <laughs> more bitter than <laughs> Spanish. So, um, uh, that, and that's the key, you know, that you can drink bandarra over, uh, on the rocks, you know, over ice uh, with a slice of orange. And that's it. And don't forget the olive. The olive, it's very important uh, because um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's great when you put the olive inside the vermouth and yeah. the olive gives some, some the saltiness of the olive. And when you eat the olive with the taste of vermouth, it's, uh, it's like uh, making glove. <laughs>
Right. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, with an olive. <laughs> um, very good. Let's talk about the uh, blanco. This is a little sweeter in character, perhaps. This has got a, a real um, vanilla streak to it, hasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was a mistake. <laughs> really? Uh, when we, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we, I mean, because uh, the blanco was um, was a creation of uh, my brothers and me. You know, the rojo we 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 kept the recipe from from our parents and grandparents. Uh, but the blanco was uh, created from from scratch, you know, and 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 I remember when we we did the first batch before bottling, you know, we blend some uh, some batches and before before the bottling and and the the the, 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 the well, one hour before the first bottling, we tasted from the tank and we said fuck. Maybe this <laughs> there's too much vanilla here, but uh, you know the, we were very looking forward to bottle to bottle this day, and we said okay, let's let's go for it. Let's bottle it and let's uh, launch the Bandar Blanco. Uh, our clients, you know, friends and clients and distributors and importers, they, they love it. Yeah, basically it's um, it, it tastes a bit sweeter uh, compared uh, if you compare it the red but it's uh yeah it's great it's uh it's, it's also delicious you know it's 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 less it's less bitter and it's a bit more sweet and what about uh what i think is your uh, newest product um el bandara al fresco um this mm -hmm. uh, is this is uh, really uh unusual and delicious i think quite an innovative product um this is not technically quite a vermouth it's um somewhere in taste terms somewhere between a, a classic vermouth and, and maybe a um a bitter aperitivo like um uh, campari from italy or um select from um the veneto region of, of, mm -hmm. of italy um so um what are you trying to achieve with uh, alfresco mm -hmm. so yeah you're right i mean alfresco it's not a vermouth uh, the, the way how we make it it's, it's similar but uh but we it's an aperitif so uh basically uh the difference is that well here we use a rose wine of garnacha in our region uh, the rose wines are the classic way to make a rose wine is uh with um so the, the roses have a lot of a deep color you know not not provence style uh, it's uh, like a lot of fruitness and a deeper, deeper color, basically because uh, once we collect the grapes at the winery uh, and we distend the grapes, we pop the grapes to the press, uh, we make a maceration of minimum two days, you know, so of skin contact. So we, we and then we press and, and basically with this um, skin contact maceration, we have more color extracts you know from the skin of the grape and uh you get a deeper color of, of this rosé and this garnacha has a lot of uh alcohol, uh, alcohol also when, once you once we ferment the grapes the, the mask uh the wine has uh, around 15 percent alcohol you know so without fresco it's uh, there's no alcohol added as an aperitif it's uh, the, the 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 alcohol is natural from the wine 
And uh, then the maceration that we make um, has uh, also wormwood for the bitterness, but we use more um, like fresh um, botanicals and citrus and um, grapefruit. Grapefruit is very important in this blend. And then the, the touch of sweetness, we use fresh mast. Uh, sorry, fresh mast. Um, uh, nectar, nectar of mast. So, uh, so there's, we don't use uh, sugar cane or other types of, uh, you know, to, 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 to make it sweet. Uh, we use uh, nectar of mast. And so it's, it's a really natural product. And, and, and when we decided to launch it, we, we launched it in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, it's, it's from our learnings in the UK. That uh, because we started selling in 2018 in the UK and pushing, you know, the surf, how we drink the bandana rojo, how we drink it in Spain, and but we realized that from the last years um, the category of spritz has grown a lot. It's it's um, it's huge, you know. So uh, which in Spain it is in Spain vermouth. Vermouth, La Hora del Vermouth, it's, it's, a, it's a big, um, the big consumption, you know? So uh, we, we found this opportunity and we said, okay, um, for Brits, mm, the consumer is more used and they, they understand the category of spritz. So we've been trying to make a spritz with vermouth but it's not, um, I mean, we really trust that, that vermouth has to be drinking, as we mentioned, you know, over ice and size of uh, orange and olive. So basically we said, okay, let's uh, create this liquid and we launched a Landara al fresco uh, and yeah, the perfect serve. So the liquid has born, you know, to uh, be mixed with uh, cava or prosecco, a touch of soda or also with tonic, with tonic it's also great, you know, so, and apart from that, uh, there's also a trend, you know, as you know, the, of the, the low and all trend, and, and of course, uh, if you drink, let's say, two or three vermouths, uh, you will feel this 15% uh, of alcohol, mm. and, uh, but if you want to drink uh, for longer, with a bit less alcohol, the option of Bandara al Fresco uh, with tonic or Bandara al Fresco, Bandara Spritz um, has less alcohol, so you can uh, drink for longer. So there's the two options. I love both. <laughs> I'm, a, uh, I'm a healthy drinker, but uh, I, I love to, to drink both. It's a really clever product and it's, um, it is great as a, a lighter alternative to a G&T uh, because obviously you're dealing with, um, you know, 15% um, rather than 40% alcohol um, in a, a G&T. But I, I really love um, the, uh, the idea of a, of a carver spritz, actually. So um, I uh, just as I love um, Select um, from, uh, from Venice with, uh, with some Prosecco, mm -hmm. um, I think it's um, really, you know, carver obviously comes from uh, your region, from around Barcelona. Um, I think um, Alfresco and Cava as a spritz are a match made in heaven, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's, uh, it's a great match. I completely agree. <laughs> Good.
Good, I thought you would. Um, tell me about the name El Bandara. Yes, yeah, so El Bandara uh, means, the word El Bandara means, uh, well, it's this kind of friend when you go out, uh, uh, this one that remains in the club until the end of the night. <laughs> this, is, this is El Bandara, you know, it's this kind of friend that she or he uh, is a good person, but uh, he or she is a troublemaker, you know? So that's, that's what El Bandara means, you know, uh, a rogue. Uh, well, I, I don't know if there's a the clear transition in, in English, but it's a word that uh, we use all over Spain, you know, like, uh, yeah, this guy is a, a bandana. So, yeah, that, that's what El Bandara means. And, and somehow, Bermud, it's like we all have a Bandara inside, you know, and uh, Bermud helps, you know, to bring it, <laughs> bring it out, you know, and, and to basically to to take life, you know, uh, easier <laughs> and to make, to have some fun. Yeah, I think we, we'd we say the last one standing or hardcore or something yeah. like that for that, that kind of person. But I think we all have it uh, inside us, um, as you as you rightly say. So um, talk about um, cocktail culture too, because uh, one of the reasons for the um, the 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 rediscovery by a newer generation of of vermouth. Uh, one of the reasons um, that has uh, happened is, of course, because of of cocktail culture. Um, are you uh, keen to to see your products um, in cocktails? Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, it's um, uh, the cocktail culture is huge. You know, here in the UK, is uh, I, I love how people the knowledge of the consumer. You know which is, uh, it's not that big in Spain, you know? Um, so mm, I think it's fine. I mean, you can make a, a really nice Americano mixing Bandara Rojo and Bandara Fresco. It's great, you know, or a Negroni with Rojo al Fresco and a touch of gin. It's great, but I always recommend people and we, 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 we try to push, you know, the surf of the Bandara Rojo, uh, how we drink it in Spain, you know, and uh, Bandara Fresco as uh, Bandara Spritz, you know, the, the alternative of a Spritz from, from Spain, from Barcelona, uh, which is great, you know. So uh, I always think that the simple, the better, and, and also for home consumption, you know, you have, uh, you get some nice, uh, a bottle of Bandara Fresco and a bottle of Cava, and you can enjoy you know, uh, you know the the the, the evening uh, with some friends with this uh, great uh, match. You know, so but of course, the, when when we present the bandara to bartenders, uh, they, they 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 love to to well they start they start you know they taste it and we, they, they, their brains <laughs> start thinking about the, as many ways they can use el bandara for as an ingredient for cocktails, of course. But again, I always recommend people to taste it, uh, how we how we drink it in Spain. Yeah. yeah, I think that's good advice. Although I'm always uh, struck by how many people I know uh, work backwards from a cocktail. So they try a cocktail that might have something like your El Bandara Rojo as an ingredient. And they think, wow, that cocktail was delicious. And they end up basically working backwards so having never tried that particular ingredient before, they then look it out 
on its own because they enjoyed it in a cocktail. So it kind of can work in in um, in sort of both directions, um, I think. But um, tell me about some of the um, ingredients as well, because when we spoke to um, Roberto Bava um, of Cocky um, uh, Vermouth, uh, so, so uh, you know, a, a legend of the Vermouth world in, in Italy, he talked a lot about how important it was to get quality ingredients. So the herbs, the botanicals, um, the fruit, how do you go about doing that uh, for El Bandara? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, basically we use um, the best wines um, that we have, uh, herbs and spices uh, from Mediterranean cliffs, you know, and, uh, and, and, and also the, the grapefruit uh, for, for Bandara al Fresco, it's, it's very key. So since we have the, the, the recipe, you know, and, and we select the different botanicals and, and natural extracts, you know. Uh, so basically for us, it's, uh, as, as I mentioned, as we don't want to make, we don't look for like super complex uh, um, uh, liquids. We, we want to make an aperitif that people understand, you know, and that, that the first sip is the the, 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 the the first sip is the most important you know once the first sip it's when uh, people uh, like normal people not i'm not talking about sommeliers or i would say also bartenders i'm talking about people uh, that uh, don't need to have uh, you know this uh, wine culture or uh, spirits culture you know that's that, that's that's the the, the, the most important our, well, our vision, you know? So basically our recipes are created, you know, with these Mediterranean botanicals to make al fresco or bandara rojo always taste the same. And, and yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's a recipe, you know? Once we, it took, it, it took, it took uh, over two years to create uh, al fresco. I have to say that it, it was not easy. We made like hundreds of different samples, uh, testing, you know, different percentage uh, of maceration. Uh, well, the level of uh, maceration with with warm wood, you know, uh, it's, it's it's very key uh, because the bitterness. Uh, as I mentioned, it's 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 for us it's it's key. Uh, an aperitif needs to be bitter. But um, we don't want to be as bitter as Italians or French uh, products, you know. So um, yeah, in terms of um, of uh, winemaking, uh, this is our vision, you know. Make it make a, a liquid as easier to understand the better. And uh, that sort of ease of understanding has clearly been appreciated by. Um, some quite um, significant uh, uh, importers uh, here in the UK uh, because you've got um, distribution, which is, you know, so important. If, if, if you can't get on the shelves um, in the UK, then it, it and that is very challenging, um, then it, it is very difficult to kind of get lift off for a brand. Uh, but you've got some really good um, distribution and you're on the shelves with uh, certainly two of your products, um, the Rojo and the 
um, alfresco, uh, you're in Waitrose uh, in the UK. So we can go to a Waitrose store and find your products. Um, you must be very pleased to have got um, that level of visibility in the UK market. Yes, I mean, uh, uh, well, the, the buyer, <laughs> John Vine, uh, when first time I met him in a, in a Zoom call, uh, well, we sent some samples to him and uh, and he loved it. And then the most important thing, uh, his wife <laughs> loved it too. <laughs> so, well, we convinced him to, to list uh, Bandara in Wedrose and it's been, yeah, it's been a, a great year. Uh, and I have to say that because, I mean, for, for, with, with all the restrictions in the on-trade, for us, uh, it was a, a key deal, you know, for our business. And, and in the next uh, months, hopefully, we will list in some other uh, off-trade players, hopefully. So, mm, yeah, we, we uh, and of course, on-trade, uh, it's, it's, we are an on-trade product. You know, and, and I think it's, it's a, the, the key thing is that people can have the experience, you know, in, in, in on trade of a, a bandara experience and they can taste it. But yeah, having it, uh, this uh, bandara available in Waitrose and also online players uh, and also, uh, of course, Amazon, uh, it's very key. Yeah, it's very key to, to, to make, uh, you know, uh, the life easier to our consumers. The first time I tasted uh, Alfresco, which is when you launched it, um, I posted uh, a picture on Instagram and, and the first thing that happened on that particular post, uh, which you can still see now, is a, a number of people who were following me said, where do I buy this product? Uh, so that's a very good sign. Um, it, it, it clearly, um, that, that uh, retailers like Waitrose have really um, kind of um, latched onto that and, uh, and good for them for, for doing that. Um, you're clearly um, innovators um, there in, in Barcelona. Um, what is next? Um, have you got another um, sort of take on vermouth planned? So we, um, we, we, want, we are really focused in uh, Bandara Spritz, you know, with uh, Bandara Fresco. I think that there's room to grow. Uh, for us, uh, apart from Spain, UK is our main market, um, which we, we, we also have uh, our own team, our own, own Bandara men and women uh, in, in the UK. Uh, and, and so what's next? It's basically uh, you know, pushing, uh, growing the, the brand awareness all over the UK. And in terms of um, the range, uh, yeah, we, we, we will maintain the yeah, Rojo, Blanco and Rosé as vermouth and Bandar al Fresco as uh, our um, natural aperitif. And yeah, that's, the, that's our, our strategy for, for this year, which is, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great year. People really are, are really, all the, the consumers are really looking forward to socialize, socialize and it, it's a it's a perfect tool for sociabilization you know the uh, the, the ladder so yeah and and of course daylight consumption you know daylight consumption it's um, it's something that the covid has teach us <laughs> how to you know to, to have fun during the day also you know uh, the weekend not only during the night 
and and yeah, and, and of course with uh, with El Bandarra you can always uh, reuse the bottle. You know, there's many people that take the bottle and because it has this metal cap that you you can refill it with um, whatever with water or whatever you want. And and many people there's th thousands of uh, houses in Spain that uh, people have El Bandarra. Uh, once they drink it, they, they refill the bottle with water and they use it, they have it in their fridge. So it's a, it's a good branding for us. <laughs> it is. Yeah, well, I have to say, it, it, it is that um, the, the bottle has a, a stopper on the top of it that you flick with your thumb uh, to, to paint a picture. Um, and the bottle looks fantastic because it's got the um, colourful, uh, clear bottle with colourful writing on the top, which has various sort of, I suppose, um, local food dishes uh, written around the, the front. Um, you actually based that design on the windows of a tapas bar, I think, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, they, they used to, to have the, well, there's, there's uh, already, I mean, there's, still, there, there's still some bars in Barcelona that you will see, uh, you know, these tapas uh, in, in their windows. And, and that was, uh, yep, that's uh, what we, we thought, let's put this in a, in a bottle. Uh, that the packaging recommends you which tapas, which tapas you can eat with, uh, with our beverage. <laughs> it's a great idea, very handy. It, it does look um, really smart as well, I have to say. Um, before you go, I, I'm going to Barcelona. Uh, I love it there. I'm going uh, next week. Um, you mentioned those, um, uh, vermuteria, uh, those uh, vermut bars uh, that have made a real comeback. Um, so give me some tips um, for anyone else who's going to Barcelona as well. Um, which uh, vermuteria would you um, recommend? Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, well, if you go to the center in La, La Boqueria, uh, in La Boqueria, there's a vermuteria inside the La Boqueria. Uh, which is great. It's a, La Boqueria is a market, a food market in the, in the center, close to La Ramblas. But then, uh, well, we, 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 we will open our new headquarters in, an area, in Barcelona, which is in an area called Poble Nou. In El Poble Nou, there's a bar called Cabo Bar, uh, which has a big terrace, you know, with the sun. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great bar with great tapas. In, in El Poblano, which is uh, somehow uh, El Poblano reminds me to, let's say, Hackney in London, or, or I would say some, some parts of King's Cross, uh, which there's a, yeah, there's a lot of uh, young people, cool companies, uh, cool headquarters, uh, and it's, it's, it's growing a lot, and it's really close to the sea, to the, to the beach. So yeah, I would mention these two places. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I've um, been to Poblenou uh, once before. Fantastic kind of quarter of Barcelona. Loved it there. You've made me, I'm sure everyone listening, um, really want to go to uh, Barcelona right now. And uh, uh, I'd also sample your uh, products too. Um, they're, they're really innovative. They're, they're great. I love the way they are based on a tradition, rooted in tradition, but also um, kind of reinventing that uh, tradition too. So congratulations uh, to you, Alex, and, and to your uh, brothers too. And um, thanks uh, very much indeed for telling us uh, all about uh, your vermouth on the drinking hour. Thank you so much. Thanks, David.
Thanks for, for your time. And hope to see you soon in Barcelona. Absolutely. The Drinking Hour on Food FM. You're listening to The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in association with the International Wine and Spirit Competition, using the best in the world to judge the best in the world. And just before we go, time for our roll call, as ever, of medal winners at the IWSC, all of them 2021 medal winners. And first, we begin with a gold medal winner, but also a winner of the Outstanding Wine Producer of the Year trophy, Villa Fonte, a South African uh, producer, uh, they took home a couple of gold medals for their wines, including this one, Series C 2014, a Bordeaux blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Cabernet Franc and Malbec from Pal. I was actually on the judging panel for this particular uh, wine. I vividly remember it too. And awarding our gold, uh, we said a wine of true elegance and class with its beguiling nose of cedar spice, graphite and foraged blackberry and its pure, juicy palate. Concentrated layers of ripe black fruit are beautifully balanced by a cool, mineral undercurrent and well-polished tannins. Let's head to New Zealand next. A delicious Syrah from the Gimlet Gravels in Hawke's Bay. Pask Winery Declaration Syrah 2019 won a top silver medal 94 points so just a single point uh, shy of a gold i was on the judging panel for this one too and here's what we said enchanting with smooth rich flavors of juicy red fruits black peppercorn and a sprig of eucalyptus big chewy tannins and the gorgeously integrated oak offer up a truly absorbing finish Syrah, as I'm sure you know, really shines in the Hawke's Bay. Uh, we definitely need to line up a future chat for the drinking hour about that. Um, Australia next for a drink that I only discovered a year or so ago, a Shiraz Gin that won a gold medal with 96 points. Sepultsfield Road Distillers 2020 Barossa Shiraz Gin. Uh, this, by the way, if you don't know it, is where Shiraz grapes are macerated in gin. Uh, it's delicious, a bit tannic, um, definitely a gin rather than a sort of sweet slow gin. Uh, of this, the judges said, richly pigmented with peppery spices. The fruit adds sweetness to the palate and the subtle undertones of botanicals are very well balanced and integrated, bold and expertly executed. Next, it's off to one of my favourite places, the beautiful island of Sicily, a Nero d'Avola that won a silver medal with 90 points. Vitesi Nero d'Avola 2020 from Cantine Colomba Bianca. Of this, uh, the judges said a brooding intense red with fine tannins and great fruit concentration. Arresting tannins support long, sustained black forest flavours on the palate. The finish is long and complex. And to Chile, finally, and a silver medal winning Sauvignon Blanc, uh, Louis Felipe Edwards Valeros Sauvignon Blanc 2021. This comes from the Leda uh, Valley. Awarding their medal, the judges, including a master of wine and a master sommelier, said great typicity and class throughout this wine. Finely poised nose of citrus, elderflower, asparagus and bamboo. Vibrant and zingy with nice weight and a touch of pink grapefruit on the long finish. And quite unusual to get bamboo in a tasting note as well. So you have to try that one. That's it for another edition of The Drinking Hour. My thanks to Alex uh, and to you for listening.
Uh, you can follow us at Food FM Radio on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Mr. Venusaurus on Instagram and Twitter. Do join us next time. For now, though, goodbye. The Drinking Hour on Food FM. You're listening to The Drinking Hour with David Kermode in association with the International Wine and Spirit Competition, using the best in the world to judge the best in the world.